0: Hello and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. You ready for a word from God? All right, Mark chapter 11. Let's get a word from the Lord. And it's just amazing that a Philadelphia preacher is in Dallas on the day that we play football. Huh? Don't be mad already, y'all. That means not one amen going to happen here today. <laughs> I already got invited. One of my friends in here in Texas invited me. She said, um, come to Texas live so you can cry on my shoulder. I said, Lord Jesus, y'all mean Texas folks, huh? Mark Mark, chapter 11, uh, verse number 12. When you have it, say, I got it. The next morning, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree full of full leaf um, a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for the fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him. I want to teach this afternoon when God seems unfair. When God seems unfair. It is something most powerful about the word of God. The word of God is a powerful thing. In fact, a few weeks ago, I was here and uh, Tim preached a message. God's word works. And um, you remember that? That's a wonderful message. Um. In the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, you see God's word working. When God looked over the earth, and the Bible says the earth was out, without form of void, and he spoke one word, one sentence, one stanza, let there be, and darkness backed up because the word said so. When when God throughout and throughout Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, through our biblical heroes, you see how the word of God didn't need any help. When God speaks a word, it doesn't need help. It just is what it is. It was from the beginning of time when God uh, spoke to uh, Abraham and told Abraham, uh, leave the, the, the walls of the earth, Ur- of Chaldees and just go. Abraham said, where am I going? He said, I'll tell you when you start walking. That's how powerful the word of God is. It doesn't need approval. It doesn't need a a stamp. It doesn't need anybody to co-sign it. It is just good all by itself. When God spoke to Moses and said, go and, and and free my people, Moses said, who shall I say sent me? He said, I am. See, the word of God doesn't even need details. If it it just is strong, it's strong enough. So it doesn't need anybody's support. It doesn't need a definition Uh, for this man to have a whole nation in bondage. You would think that if God is going to send one man to free three million, he would need a, a definition of who he is and who he represents. And God said, no, when I speak, I don't need all that. Just tell him I am. When, when when God spoke to, to Noah and told him, hey, I'm gonna send some rain, Noah had even heard of rain. But yet God said, build a boat. Noah, I'm sure Noah asked, number one, what's a boat? Number two, what is rain? But because God said so, Noah started building a boat on dry land, not knowing what a boat was or rain was, because God said so. You keep on walking through the scriptures. God ran ran up on uh, on 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 Mary and said, you're going to have a child. A little teenage girl, she said, well, how can I have a child? I had never been touched by a man. But she said, if it is you, let it happen. And because God said so, her belly start growing. Never being touched by a man. So many of the things in the word of God happen. Because God said so, not because it made sense, not because it was supported, not because anybody had, had or ever heard of it before, just because God said so. God got so tired of trying to convince people of his word that he said, You know what? I'm going to just go ahead and become a word. Spun himself in a cell and named him Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us. They said, Who is this? He said, I'm a word. That's all Jesus was. He was a word in a body. And he proved that he was a word in a body by walking around, finding sick people and speaking the word of healing over them. People who and he did it different every time. He never did it the same because that's not how the word works. The word, the word works differently every time, but it always works. Some some blind men, he he would touch them and and heal them by the power of his word. One time he spit on the ground and made eyeballs out of mud and stuck it in a man's head and he started seeing. One man couldn't talk one time. Jesus stuck two fingers in his mouth and untied his tongue and made him start start talking. God just does it by the power of his word. The woman with the issue of blood, she wasn't even on Jesus's agenda. He was going to Jairus's house to heal Jairus's daughter. And a woman saw him and said, if I can just touch the hymn, if I could just get to a word, she kneeled on the ground and crawled. And got to a word Jesus didn't even know she she touched him Uh, he the Bible says that he felt some something leave him and he said somebody touched me Peter looked at Jesus and said everybody's touching you he said no somebody got something from me see that's the difference between coming to church and being around Jesus and getting something from Jesus I don't want to come to church every Sunday and just be around the word I want to get one when I come that will change my whole situation that's the power of the word of God and so and so this word was so powerful and that Jesus in John chapter one John said you know what I got a great definition for y'all he said the word became flesh and dwelled among us if you want to understand what Jesus was he was not just a miracle worker he was the word that became flesh and dwelled among us so so nobody had to even hear about the word anymore now when they saw Jesus they saw the word go forth he was the powerful just just the word every time he spoke it was the word of his power that made things come along and if you notice when Jesus wanted something done even even Jesus and uh, Pastor Ken reminded me this earlier in the hotel it was a time where Jesus his first miracle he was supposed to turn water into wine and he told his mama it ain't my time yet and when Jesus and Mary looked at him and rolled her eyes and said do what he says because he understood that when something has to get done the Word of God just gets it done and so then that word worked on the water he said go get six pots from over there and they followed his word they got the six pots he said now fill them up with water they followed his word hallelujah and when they followed his word everything he said do they did it and every time they did did something things came together for them next thing you know that water turned into wine just because they followed his word he was the word and everything he said worked and then all of a sudden Jesus was ready to do something that he had never done he had blessed people he had healed people he had worked with the sick he had he had raised the dead he did all these things but now it was time for him to do something it was time for him to redefine the church he was about to go to the temple because one day he walked by the temple and he saw that they were selling things in the temple and wrecking the house of God. Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to do something about that tomorrow. I'm going to go in there and turn the tables upside down to bring my house back to where it had to be. Now, he said he was going to do it the next day. So that's what he did. But when he woke up in the morning to go to clean the temple out as he wanted, he knew if I'm going to do this, I need some energy. I need some, I need some food. I need some breakfast. And the Bible says, he said, I I am hungry. He wakes up in the morning and says, I'm hungry as he's saying I'm hungry as he's saying I'm hungry as he's saying I'm hungry. He looks over at a fig tree. And when he looks over the fig tree, when he said he was hungry, he expected to be able to go over to that tree and get some figs off that tree because he declared he was hungry. Now, this Bible clearly says we don't need Greek. We don't need Hebrew. It is right here in front of us. It was not the season of the fig. How could Jesus then expect fruit from a tree when it wasn't even that tree season to produce fruit. And Jesus didn't look at the tree and say, I'm mad at you tree, why you ain't got no fruit? He cursed the tree and said it would never produce again. When I looked at this text, I said, wow, God, that's not fair. Has God ever asked you for something that you weren't in the mood to give and expected it from you anyway? Let me tell you, let me cut through this message right quick to tell you this. God has a right to expect something from his creation no matter what time it is. When God creates a thing, you and me, he doesn't have to wait till you feel ready to give him what he's asking for. He goes over to this tree and he's mad at the tree. And I said, God, how can you be mad at a tree not producing when it was in season? It would seem like, Jesus, if the tree was in its season, and didn't have fruit. Then you could curse it because it was supposed to have fruit. And the Lord said, no, son, no, 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 no. I said, well, yes, 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 yes. Well, if you follow this message, and this would be the shortest message you ever heard in your life, because we're right on the edge of it right now. The reason I walked you from Genesis all the way to Mark was to show you the power of the word of God. And when Jesus woke up and said, I'm hungry, the tree was supposed to then ignore its season and obey the word. Uh Uh-oh. He's done preaching. Sometimes we want preachers to do a whole lot of stuff. Mm -mm, This is the word. The tree. When it heard the words desire, Mm. I'm hungry. The tree was supposed to say up the word just spoke and it was supposed to start sprouting no matter what season it was in. Can I tell you that you're the fig tree? Can I tell you that God is hungry to get something out of you and you're still telling God, it's not my season? Can I tell you that God is looking to receive something from your life that you don't feel like you have because you're using excuses of why it's not your time, my credit is not together, I don't have the education, I'm not ready, I'm, I'm single. And you're using your season as an excuse not to respond to the word of God. And what God is saying is that when my word speak, it cancels your season. It's bigger than your season. It's greater than your pain. It's greater than your disappointment. It's greater than your ups or your downs or your feelings. When I say I'm going to heal your marriage, it don't matter how y'all feel about each other right now. You got to obey the word of God. When God says, love your enemy. I don't care what they did to you yesterday. It's your season of forgiveness. When God says, I'm going to heal your body, you can be sick. When the the surgeon told me it was going to be six to eight more years before I got a kidney, he asked me, he said, you don't sound down. I said, because the word said I was going to be healed. And it didn't matter what the surgeon thought. The day after the surgeon told me that I wouldn't get a kidney for six to eight years, somebody called me and said, I want to give you one. Because when the word of God is over your life, nothing can cancel it, slow it down, stop it, hinder it, turn it around. When the word of God is over your life and when God has written something over you in blood, nobody can erase it. And I'm telling you right now, the reason why some of us are still alive, because it was written in blood. The reason some of you made it through your childhood and through hardship, the reason some of us made it through and businesses ending and relationships breaking up and all kinds of things and family pain is because it was written in blood. And so you got to learn by now, Embassy City, that when God speaks a word over you, it's time to ignore your season. Because you know what changes seasons? Decisions. Decisions change seasons. Decisions change. See, God doesn't wait until you feel ready when he wants something from you. You are his creation. You are his creation. And let me tell you something that should comfort you. God knew you were a mess when he asked you for what he asked you for. He knew you were in some emotional trauma when he asked you. God, See, we feel like what God is asking us for is impossible. He said for you it's impossible. But when there's a word over you. You're able when you don't feel able. You're ready when you're absolutely not ready. You're capable when everything around you says it cannot happen. That's the power of the word of God. And so this tree only got cursed, not because it was a bad tree. You're not a bad Christian. Sometimes seasons can convince you. That this is where you're at and this is the way it's going to be. In Philly, we got a saying when people give up on stuff, it is what it is. But let me tell you something. When there's a word over your life, it's never what it is. It's never what it feels like. It never what it looks like. When God wants to accomplish something in your life, you have to be willing to turn your back on your season and say nothing God is saying makes sense. But if he said it, it didn't make sense for Noah to build a boat. But God said it. It didn't make sense for a virgin to have a baby. But God said it. And all throughout the it didn't make sense for David to beat Goliath. But God said it. A man who wasn't even five foot beating a nine foot giant. It didn't make sense. But God said it. And David didn't get afraid of Goliath. I'm sure in his flesh, he said, my God, that's a big problem. <laughs> but once he looked at the reward, they said he said, what's the reward for beating that giant? They said, you get a wife, David said. You know, David always had a girl problem. Yeah, read, that's in the scriptures. But 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 there was a reward behind it. And David went and approached this Goliath because even though it was impossible, God said, go do it. There are some things in your life that look extremely impossible, but God said, go do it. That means it's God who's going to do it. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. He pays it. Hallelujah. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. Some of you walk on your job every other day. You walk past a a, a promotion board or a board with new new uh, jobs for you to go get. And you're like, oh, no, I don't have the qualifications. No, I ain't been on this job long enough. If God shows you a Goliath, it's not a block, it's a door. Oh, can I say that again? Goliath is not a block to you. It's a door. Goliath was a door to David. David became king because of Goliath. And I'm telling you, there's something that you got to become. But it's on the other side of Goliath and you don't get through Goliath on human strength. You get through Goliath by the word of God. The word will always be enough. If you're willing to turn your back on your season, your season will never look right. It will never it will never look possible, but that's how you build faith. You never chase something you can do. It forces you to trust the hand of God. You you never trust what's in your ability or anybody else's ability around you. When God is calling you to the ridiculous that's because there's a word over it. And so what you don't feel like it, your feelings don't matter. You know why feelings don't matter and you can't trust feelings? They change too much. Today you feel strong, tomorrow you feel weak. Today you feel happy, tomorrow you feel sad. One bad text, one bad phone call. You, you ever felt really up and then something dumb happened? It's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Something just deflates you that fast. That's why you can't follow your feelings. But one thing that's never been deflated ask Noah, ask Moses, ask Jacob. As Isaac, one thing that's never been deflated is the word of God. I challenge you, Embassy City. To this year, the rest of this year, these few days we got left, you don't need January 1st for a new year. No. All you need is a decision. I heard God's word. And you know what happens? People around you say that don't make sense. It doesn't have to to you. You don't need 10 supporters when it's, you know, God's word is enough support. You don't need 10, 10, 10 people to say that. That makes sense. You know what? Before, before I retired, they said, they said, you 39 years old. You're going to retire. God told me to retire from pastoring. When I was 35, I start pastoring at 19. The Lord said, I need your voice across the nation and to people who, who will never come to church. And I heard God's voice say it. And I'm like, oh man, I walk He said, then that's a walk in the dark. That's a walk in the dark. Now, just leave everything that I've been building since a teenager and just walk away. Yeah. No. I told you last time I was here, I don't like a lying preacher that says God said it. And I said, yes, no, you didn't. Because when God really requires something of you, it's never an easy yes. It's always like "Mm, I love you, but um, you got no. And I told God no for five years. And he said, OK, God gave me a OK. When God says, OK, get, get, get scared. That's what I learned about Jesus. When he says, OK, and agrees with you, he said, you you going to tell me no for five years? OK. And everything went wrong, Embassy. Everything, my relationships fell apart. I had no money. I had nothing. I got sick. Everything fell apart, and I'm like, God, you know what? You know, no, no, God, Satan, I rebuke you, and God said, that ain't the devil. You know how many times we rebuke Satan, and Satan's like, man, that wasn't even me. (laughs) I had nothing to do with that. It was, it was my disobedience. I couldn't turn my back on my season. I couldn't follow his word over my season. Church was going good. We paid the building off. I mean, ministry was great. And God said, walk away now. Now. God, wait a minute. It would make more sense if the church was failing. See how easy it is to have faith when you can understand it. <laughs> if it makes sense to you, it's like, oh, yes, God, let me walk away. Who doesn't run, a run- who doesn't want to run out of a house that's on fire? It don't take faith to do that. But when you just build it, when, when ask Abraham, when you just have Isaac and God says, go kill him. When you believe God for something and God says, give it back to me. Wait a minute, God. I'm sure that was a long walk up that mountain for Abraham. I gotta, think, I gotta take this walk and I gotta think about the very thing I prayed for and asked for. I gotta give it back to you right now. I gotta, I gotta take a knife and slice the throat of what I believed you for. God said, yes. And you know what God said when Abraham tied that boy up and was about to bring the knife down on his head. God called all the angels. Stop. Tell him. Don't, oh, my God, he's really going to do it. He angels, whatever your names are. Go stop him. And when Abraham stopped, God said, now I know you believe me. When you turn your back on your season for the word of God, that's how you prove you really believe God Everything fell apart in my life and the day I stood up there and I sat with my staff And I told them this is it. I can't I can't do this any longer. And I wrote my retirement letter and I stood up there before the congregation and I read that retirement letter and I preached my last message. Everything I lost came back to me in a matter of days because I was willing to turn my back on what I thought for what God was saying to me. I'm talking about y'all. I had never been that broke in my life. God took everything from me. The next the day after I wrote my a lawyer called me. I was in an accident probably a year before that. And the man, the lawyer called me and said, I have seventeen thousand dollars for you. I said, thank you, Jesus. I said, well, Lord, I thank you for that. And then and then the next two days, another man called me and said, hey, they don't feel like they gave you enough money. Your insurance company wants to give you twenty thousand dollars. I said, oh, my God. And then God sent the lady to give me a kidney. See, you got to understand when you're willing to turn your back on what you know to walk into what you don't know. God will show you a mystery. Hallelujah. God will show you a mystery. I challenge you, Embassy City. I challenge you. When God speaks to not consider what it looks like. I challenge you not to be like that fig tree that says, I know what you want, but it's not my time. God's word makes it your time. No matter what you're facing in the moment, God's word makes it your time. He makes it your time. That's the power of the word of God. So is God unfair? Never. Because his word makes you able. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.